You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Take your Bibles, if you would, turn to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. So if you pay attention to the news, which most of us do, maybe begrudgingly a little bit, um, and, and the things that happen in this world. Uh, there's a lot of bad things that happen in this world. There's a lot of people in this world that um, are straight up basically anti-God, don't believe in the God you believe in, don't believe in the life that you live, um, and have a lot of issues with some of the things we hold as true. And when things happen in this world that are negatively, I've seen if you're on Twitter at all, which eh, I don't know if I'd necessarily recommend being on there often, but um, there's this thing when bad things happen in this world, political figures, leaders, prominent people will say our thoughts and prayers are with this group or that group or this family or this people. And as Christians, we understand what that means, right? We understand what our thoughts and prayers are with you. But I see a lot of times, and again, especially on Twitter, which is again why I maybe recommend not necessarily going on there too often, um, it's, it's looked at very negatively as an empty saying, as an empty promise, as something that holds no value, holds no, no water, so to speak. And as a Christian, that bothers me. When someone says, thought my own, my thoughts and prayers are with you, if I say to you, you know, I'm praying for you, or I, you know, I'm thinking about you, I mean that. And it comes from somewhere. And that may not be the case for everyone when they say that, but when the world takes it and certain people take it and throw it away, throw it off to the side, as if thoughts and prayers mean nothing, uh, that has bothered me. So that's, you know, as I was reading, and we're going to get here to Luke chapter 10, uh, we're going to jump down to verse number 30, a very familiar passage that you've heard countless Sunday school lessons and maybe even sermons on. Uh, Luke chapter 10, down at verse number 30. The Bible says, And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he, looked, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. So we're going to get into this here a little bit. Before we do, let's pray. Father, thank you for this evening, Lord. Thank you for uh, these people here tonight. Thank you for this church, what it represents. Lord, I pray that you'll just help me uh, this evening as I speak. Lord, give me clarity of mind. Help me to say the things that would be beneficial and helpful that come from you. Help me not to speak of my own mind or my own will, but of yours. Uh, Lord, be with all the prayer requests that were mentioned this evening. Uh, you know every situation, Lord, and all the pains and trials and hard times that we all have and suffer and know people that do. Lord, I pray that you just work your way in those situations. Uh, be with our pastor. He's away from us. Be with everything as we prepare for this weekend. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, thoughts and prayers, the phrase that is used often. Um, and whether it means anything, whether it holds water, whether it uh, is an empty saying just to make someone feel good about participating, or it's almost kind of like that like on Facebook, 
right? You don't, if someone posts something or asks you to pray or says something, you can hit that. You can click that whether you're on your computer, you click your mouse or in your touch screen, you can just touch it and that little bloop of blue comes up and that little thumbs up comes up. You're like, yeah, I helped. I participated. I gave some, some support to that person without actually requiring any kind of involvement, even without requiring you to say a word. You just, I gave a like. I gave a thumbs up. And you feel good about participating and getting involved, and you continue to scroll down until you find that next one that bothers you or that, that t- tugs at your heartstrings. And here we have a story of a man that fell in really hard times. He was, he was almost murdered. He was, everything he had, he was stolen. He was beaten, left for dead in the, in the ditch. And we have a couple people come by that should have been willing to help, should have been willing to jump in and participate and actually physically do something. We have a priest, first of all, a godly man, a preacher, somebody that knows God's law, knew, knew what God expected of him as far as loving his neighbor, and he saw the guy in the ditch, not dead yet, right? Half dead. And instead of doing something about it, he just kind of passed over. He saw him. The Bible says he clearly saw. He just passed the other side, maybe thought, thought some prayers with you, brother. Just kept on walking. And then we have a Levite coming by, works at the temple, that's his job. That's what he does. He works in God's house. And the same thing happens. He sees this man lying half dead in the, in the ditch. And rather than doing something about it, he just clicks that like on his you know, tablet, actual stone tablet, because they didn't have the technology back then. He clicks that like about supporting people that have been robbed from and beaten. And I support groups like that. And I'm going to give a thumbs up and a like, but just continues to walk on by. And then you finally have the Samaritan, the good Samaritan as we know him as, right? And he comes and he sees the same situation that both men before him saw, but he does something about it. He may have thoughts and prayers. He might have even clicked like on the article that was talking about it, but he did something about it. He had the means, he had the ability, and he went and he took that man and he, he helped him, he healed him, and basically saved his life. Brought him to a place where he could find health and, and, and get better, and he took care of that person. The Samaritan took action, right? He took the thoughts and prayers, which are, again, not a bad saying, I don't believe. It's okay to say thoughts and prayers, but he took those thoughts and prayers and he put substance to them. He put something to the thoughts and prayers. So as I've been reading and as the Holy Spirit and God has been dealing with me on, you know, I you know, don't typically say thoughts and prayers and that's not all how I necessarily operate, but when I see somebody or feel, and I mean the prayer requests we had tonight, and there are countless others that weren't said or that have already been mentioned, and you empathize, and you feel bad for your fellow Christian, and you, you want to be able to do something, and hopefully we pray, right? Hopefully we'll take the time this evening when we're done, and we'll pray for these specifically, and hopefully when we're at home, we pray for each other. Hopefully that's what we do, but how can we make that into something? How can we do something about it? Is just praying and thinking about it enough? And I think in some situations that may be the case, but Jesus, as is our great example, and who we want to be more like, and Ken said it this evening too, we want to be like him. We want to be his ambassadors, represent him on this earth. That's our job. Jesus gave us a lot of examples and was a great example of not just saying thoughts and prayers, but actually putting some action behind it. Take your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 9. We're going to go through a couple examples, just a couple, of some of the times Jesus had thoughts and prayers and had empathy, but he did something with it. He did something about it. 
Matthew chapter 9, down to verse number 36. The Bible says, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Jesus saw people, he saw humans for who they were. And he saw them and he had compassion on them. He, he saw that physically they fainted, but he also saw they were aimless. They had no one to guide them. They were without him. And he had compassion on them and he, he did something about it. He lived his life. That's why he was here on earth, because he had compassion on those. But he saw the people. He saw the plight of other people. And as I was thinking about this and even driving to church tonight, you know, we come from Brookings, so I got a long, pretty monotonous drive here on the interstate. But then you get to Sioux Falls, and it's a completely different world, right? There's lots of people. And especially around 6.30 or so, people are going home from work. And how many times do you drive home from work or picking up your kids at school or just going grocery shopping or whatever errands you're running, and you're going from point A to point B, probably have you know, 1A, 1B, 1C in between there, right? All the places and things you have to do. How many cars do you pass that have faces in them of people that have souls, that, that have problems, that have issues? And as I drove to church tonight specifically, you can't see them all. But most of the time, we don't, right? We see the, the, the red car over here and the white truck in front of us and that green van behind us, and we see the vehicles because we're careful, but how many times do you look at the faces of the people in the cars? Will you see them again after passing them? Maybe never again. But do you know that person? Jesus knows them. Jesus, you live or look in there. I did it today, and it, I mean, it, it bothered me that I hadn't done it before or enough. And I saw these faces. I saw this man and this woman. And I wondered, they've, they have problems because they're human. They have hurts. Do they know God? I don't know. But they have hurts in their life. They have problems in their life. Can I do anything about that? No, I can't, but I, it, it makes me aware of the people around me. And I, on purpose, try to look at every face that I possibly could safely while driving here and seeing the moms and the dads and the, and the younger people and the elderly people that are driving in their vehicles, going to wherever they're going, and knowing in their life, in that car, that I know nothing about, they have issues. They have struggles. Maybe they struggle with paying the mortgage. Maybe they struggle with the water that's in their basement and they don't know what to do about it. Maybe they struggle with their future. Maybe they have relationship issues. And maybe they don't know God can fix a lot of those things. And I understand that there are people there and, and I try and fail I want to be like Jesus here when he sees the people that have compassion on them. If we look at people that way, it'll change your life. Like in the 10 minutes, 15 minutes it took me to get from 229 to here, looking on purpose at people changed my heart and my outlook at them just in that short amount of time. Imagine if I did that every day. Imagine if I did that. I mean, I work at a place, right? I work at a restaurant. I see a lot of the same people every day or at least every week, that'll come through. Do I know their names? Maybe if I looked at their credit card, I could see what their name is, right? But you don't necessarily pay attention because just get to the next person, get to the next person, right? But I see those people, and if I look at them and say, I wonder how their day is going. Will it make me treat them differently? Will it make me maybe even reach out to them a little bit? Will it make me empathize for who they are 
and the life that they have. And I think as Christians, that's what God expects from us. I think God expects us to live our life that way. He did. That's how he lived his life. We see right there. Go to Luke chapter 7. Another example. Luke chapter 7, verse number 11. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gates of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said unto her, Weep not. Now if we continue on, we know that Jesus raises that young man from the dead, but there's a funeral procession. The funeral home coming down this way was packed tonight. There's a funeral there tonight. Someone passed away. Somebody's family member, and they're remembering that them tonight. And Jesus comes into the city, and there's a funeral procession. Many people, it says, were there, carrying this young man out to where they're going to bury him. And he saw the woman, the mother, her only son, no husband, and he had compassion on her plight in life, on her emotions, on her feelings, on the things that she was going through in that day. Now, he's God, so he has the ability to do something about that specifically, and he brought life back to that young man for a while. Again, he died eventually, but he understood, and God saw the pain that that woman was going through, and it got to him. Think of all the people that you pass and all the troubles that they have. And if you're like me, which maybe that's good or not, um, a lot of times people are just, we're busy. We're focused on us. We're focused on our goals, our, our, where we have to be, our family, things in our car. And we don't realize the things that are outside and the things that God maybe wants to show us, the empathy that we should feel like Jesus did here. Go to Hebrews chapter 4. I'm keeping you awake at least by turning your pages. Hebrews chapter 4. God understands people's plights in life. He understands the hardships they go through. He he understands the hardships you go through. He knows your heart. Verse 15 of Hebrews chapter 4. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, as we are, yet without sin. Now this is a great doctrinal passage. But the point that I want to take here is that he knows, he knows what you're going through. The time you're having, the difficulties you're having, we all have them. Even if you're having a really good day, even if you're having a great week, if you thought hard enough, most of us probably don't have to think that long, there's something that's bothering us. There's something that we struggle with. There's something that inside, whether it could be a, a relationship, it could be a spiritual thing, it could be a physical thing, it could be a financial thing, it could be numerous things, and then maybe it's all of them. But every single one of us in here has something that's bothering us, that's weighing us down, that keeps us up at night, that, have, that we just, it bothers us. Jesus knows. God knows your heart. He knows your infirmities. He knows the things that bother you, and if we are to take his character based on who he was when he was here, he has compassion on you. He cares about that. He cares about the things you struggle with, and he loves you, and he wants you to talk to him about them. He wants you to tell him your problems. 
so he can do what he can do to help you and take care of them. Psalm 103.14, he says, For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust, that we are but dust. He knows. He knows who you are. And what do we try to do, though? We try to make it on our own. We try to tough it out. We try to pull up our own bootstraps and be tough. When I told you this morning, or earlier, when I said I wasn't feeling great, you know, if I were out there and a friend of mine or a colleague, never for pastor, but someone was up here and they're like, yeah, I don't feel very good. I'd be like, grow up, toughen up. And Timothy, I know he did that to me. Timothy was like, whatever, Chad, you're fine. All the moms and the grandmas, they'll probably went, oh, oh, he's not feeling good because they're moms and grandmas, but the dads, some of the, some of the teenagers are like, whatever. But Jesus looks at you and he says, I know the tough times you're going through and Jesus has compassion. Jesus has empathy for the things that you go through. And as Christians, if we're supposed to be conformed to his image, that's, that's one of our main goals here is to become more like Christ every day, to live like him, to not live like the old man, to not live the life that we knew before, the direction we were going before, but to go in the direction that he showed us. Empathy, thoughts and prayers are, should be part of our who we are. We should have empathy for people. We should have feelings and, and, and have those thoughts of others that go through tough times. And use that prayer. That does matter. Thoughts and prayers isn't an empty statement. If you use prayer, if you know prayer, you know prayer is the most important thing. God does things when people pray. And if we pray and we understood that that's how God expected us to live, I think it would change the way we look at people. It would change the way we treat other people. It would change the way we maybe even brush them off or don't even see them because we understand that our God that saved our lives, saved our souls, died for us, died for them too. Died for them just as much as he died for you. Just because you know and they don't doesn't mean they're less important to him. They're just as important to him as you are that knows where your eternity lands. But like Christ, we should show evidence of our empathy, show evidence of our thoughts and prayers. Husbands, if you told your wife every day, I love you, man, I just love you so much. You're the best, I just love you. I love you, just, you're the best. My wife is just, my wife's not here. She's home with two sick kids. So I, she told me, don't use me as an illustration. So I'm not, totally not gonna easily say as an illustration. But just say if some husband was just like, you know, I love you so much, but then I left my dirty laundry on the floor or even on top of the hamper, not in. Or I never took her out for supper, or never wrote a nice note to say I loved you, or never did something to show actions of love. How much, how well would that go, guys? If that is all, all you ever did was say I love you. I love you so much, but you never had any oomph behind it. There's never action there. It was just words. You wouldn't get very far. Your relationship wouldn't be very good for very, for very long. There'd, have to, there'd be some work that'd have to happen there if that's how we treated our wife. And God says the same thing. If you can't get away with something like that in that kind of a relationship, God says this is how we're supposed to be. Just saying something is kind of empty. Go to James chapter 2. James chapter 2. <clears throat> James chapter 2, verse number 15. 
We're just going to read a couple of verses here. There's, again, there's so many good sermons and, and doctrinal points in all of these verses, but to talk about what we're talking about here, verse number 15, the Bible says, If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye gave them not those, those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Thoughts and prayers, but no thoughts, no prayers. Like on the Facebook page, that's as far as it goes. The Bible says, if, that's, if you're saying, be warmed and be filled, and went your way, but did nothing to warm them, did nothing to fill them, what, what is the point? What did you do? You didn't do anything. So it's all well and good to say thoughts and prayers, like those that criticize that comment. If there's nothing behind it, they're kind of justified in that criticism. Thoughts and prayers should go with the real prayer that means something. And the thoughts of dwelling on that person's situation should move us to action. Now, you can't do something about every situation in life. But there are people right here in this room that we have contact with every week. We have things that we can help with, that we can put action to, that we can take our thoughts and our prayers and do something about, just like Jesus did numerous, numerous times. We don't want our prayers for each other just to be lip service. We want it to have something, and I think God wants us to put some oomph behind it. I believe God wants us to be empathetic towards others, just like he was. He wants us to pray for others, for sure. He tells us to pray for each other often. But I think he expects us to do something about it, too. Being moved to act, to show empathy through our actions, that's where you get to where God, you're following Christ's example. Christ just didn't walk up and said, pray for you, lady. Sorry your son died. Good luck. Hope you do well. He, he could do something about it, and he did. He had empathy. He was moved with compassion for them. You could go to John 3, verse 16, and it tells everything. For God loved, so loved the whole world that he gave. He gave because he loved because he had empathy, because he had compassion. We are supposed to be like him. If we don't have empathy, if we don't have compassion, if we don't have love for our fellow humans, in general, fellow Christians even, how can we say we live that Christian life? We fail, and we're going to fail. We're not perfect, but that's why Bible reading is important. That's why church is important. That's why the Holy Spirit speaks to us through his word. Because he shows us things that we should be doing better. He showed me specifically empathy. Do something about it. Show, do actions. So I challenge you. I told you to be a little short. I challenge you this week, this month, this year, your life. Look for empathy. Look for ways to be empathetic. Look for ways to compa show compassion. Look for ways to help. Look for ways to be like Christ. And if we as Christians can live that way and remind ourselves, because you're going to have to remind yourself every day. If you don't, you will, life will take over and you'll forget. And it will fall way down on the priority list. But showing compassion and showing empathy, if we do that intentionally day after day in our lives, you're going to find out that you're living a lot, a lot more like Christ expected us to.
and you'll love people more. You'll do for more. Do for people more. All right, I'll pray, and then we'll have a few minutes of prayer time here this evening. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.